0: Good day, I'm Anne Dahlenchuk and you're listening to Coffee Conversations about Influencer Marketing. In today's episode, we're in conversation with Nathan Molefe and Holly B. Berry, two of South Africa's most successful TikTok creators, and Greg Bailey, Head of Growth at Webfluential. We discuss TikTok from a creator's point of view and how brands can use TikTok to reach their audiences effectively. Grab a coffee and listen as we discuss the power of finding your niche on TikTok, how TikTok has evolved over the last couple of years, the metrics we are able to measure these days on the platform, and the importance of aligning with the right creators for influencer campaigns on the platform. If you enjoy this podcast, you will also enjoy our fortnightly newsletter that keeps you up to date with influencer news from around the world. Subscribe at the link in the show notes.
1: This podcast series has been made possible through an exclusive sponsorship from SA's number one nano-influencer platform, The Salt. Most brands have a communication line to their existing customers, but not a way to get them to have additional positive brand conversations. The Salt solves the problem by identifying brand fans and getting them to talk more about their positive brand experiences. The Salt have a database of over 140,000 registered brand fans and in-depth information on each to perfectly match your brand to the right influencers. Reach out to them now and see what they can do for you.
0: Good morning, Greg, Holly and Nathan. Today we've got three guests on the podcast, you heard right. Thank you so much, first of all, for making time to actually speak to us today. And we're super, super excited to to have Greg on again. He's been on before. But today we actually have Holly and Nathan on as well, who are actual TikTok creators to also chat to us today. So I think before we actually get into our conversation, if I can ask each of you just to briefly tell us who you are and what you do. Just to give us some background on who you are, that will be amazing. And Greg, maybe let's start with you.
2: Cool. And yeah, good to be that. Thanks for having me. So, most of the listeners know, but a uh, quick way of introduction <laughs> I've been in the media industry for 15 years, um, working extensively with Facebook and Instagram, head up innovation and growth now at Um And essentially, what we do is just blend content with performance marketing to drive. Design results for brands and agencies. Obviously, I've been heavily focused on TikTok as a, as a channel and as a platform, working alongside a lot of the creators. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the conversation today.
0: Amazing. And Halle? Uh,
3: my name is Zhang, but I'm known as Halle B. Berry. I'm a content creator, I'm a brand ambassador. I have a charity foundation which is co founded with my mother and uh, i'm a bcom student and yeah that's just me in a nutshell
0: fantastic and then lastly but definitely not least nathan welcome
4: hi everybody so i am nathan i'm a digital creator and entertainer
0: and i think let's start with our creators today i'm um, and nathan before mm-hmm. you actually joined tiktok were you on any other social media platforms and which was your your favorite
4: Okay, Uh, on my side, I used to have Instagram, but I just posted pictures. I wasn't really a creator. I literally had, I'd say, maybe 1,500 followers. So I didn't create anything. So TikTok was the start for me.
3: I was both on Facebook and Instagram, and I didn't know anything about TikTok until 2019, end of 2019. So yeah, I was mainly on Instagram where I was doing more of my beauty content, showcasing my makeup and now we have evolved into bringing our tiktok content onto the instagram platform
0: perfect so nathan you said you you didn't really do much of creating before tiktok yeah. but on your side Holly, you did a lot of beauty content you yes. have quite a big audience on instagram not a,
3: not, a, over to TikTok. not at all i had like a thousand something and now because of the help of tiktok i've been able to redirect some of those followers to my Instagram they haven't grown that much but at least it's better than you know having to
0: grow it organically just by myself with my beauty content what actually attracted both of you to the TikTok platform initially
3: I started off, well, I didn't know TikTok at all, at all. I initially went on that platform to learn how to dance. I was like, okay, this is a skill that <laughs> I want to develop. I was like, I'm going to learn this skill. I'm going to be like the South Charlie Charlie D'Amelio, like, Ooh. this is me. And when I went onto that platform, I started doing my dances and people started laughing at me. I was like, wait, this is not the reaction that I want. You know, <laughs> and now when I look back, I'm like, okay, the dance moves were a little bit cringe, you know, because I didn't know how to really really dance that well so then amazing and i switched up my niche and started doing comedy and now they were actually laughing because the comedy was funny so that's the reaction that i wanted i was like okay cool we're fine (laughs)
0: that's amazing and nathan how did you or why did you decide to go onto tiktok and start creating
3: People were
4: just talking about TikTok, I didn't know what TikTok was, and then I was like, you know what, let me just download this app and see what's happening there. Downloaded the app, and I saw dance challenges, sings. I was like, you know what, I'm bored, let me just shoot videos and entertain people. And then that's when I started, I didn't realize, I didn't, for literally, I didn't think that I'd be here, because I was just taking it as a joke.
0: Neither of you really sat down and like, was like, this is the niche I'm going into. Okay. It was kind of, you kind of just kind of evolved into it and realized this is your comfortable space. Yes. And what was your expectations? Did you have any expectations starting to create content on TikTok? Did you ever think this is going to become a big thing? You're going to be this amazing creator?
4: Well, honestly, I didn't have any expectations to to be honest, because I just wanted to have fun. I was just there to have fun. And that's the main goal. That's all that's what I always tell myself, to have fun. So I literally didn't have any any expectations.
3: That's how I feel. Like I just went there. I didn't even know how people could like grow this quickly or this far or go so far in life with content creation, especially on TikTok platform. Um, You have to go with the mindset of having fun and just doing what you love. Because at the end of the day, when you do what you love, it's the most rewarding thing. So when you now start going into it with, oh, I want to be popular, I want to be famous, then you're already giving yourself stress and more stress. Like it's already stressful as it is. So just go in it, enjoy, do what you love, and then you will just be rewarded.
0: I think that is such a great point to make, Ale, just purely because... Mm -hmm you need to kind of commit to something. And if you're going to do that, it needs to be something you really love. Yeah. Because people can see it. And I think it's also, people are responding a lot more to that authenticity because it is so authentic. They, they know you're there just to have fun. Mm-hmm. You're doing something you love. It's not that you're there like... Specifically to do brand collabs and get famous.
3: Exactly. Just get you just put more stress on yourself for no reason. You know? <laughs> you're supposed to be enjoying it. You're doing this every single day. We don't get paid to be on TikTok. So you have to make sure that you're actually enjoying it. No,
0: absolutely. Yeah. So then let me ask you this. When did you actually realize that TikTok could be or has already become a, a big deal for you? And you, can, you actually started taking it a bit more seriously once I, I reached maybe like end of
3: 2020, when I, I finished the year with 400,000 uh, K followers, Yo. that's when I was like, oh, okay, so this is very serious. So I'm a brand now. I need to take my content seriously because there are so many brands that are out there scouting who's going to work with them. I mean, now we have the biggest yeah. brands like such as Gucci and Louis Vuitton on on tiktok so this means like it's a serious business and now all the biggest celebrities are also on this platform so they know that they need to also start making money off this platform so end of 2020 that's when i started really really taking my content seriously and now we're
0: at uh 2.2 million that's absolutely amazing and you nathan when did you have that realization
4: so I was still in varsity in 2019. I literally failed my whole first year because of TikTok. Because oh, I was basically, no.
0: <laughs> Literally, guys. Really, uh, yeah. Your parents <laughs> was, must have loved that.
4: <laughs> yo, my parents are like, no, man, you're wasting your time. I was like, no, I have to keep on pushing. And then when people started recognizing me, I was like, okay, we're getting somewhere. And then that's when I saw that, okay, this is a real deal. And it, it was late 2019.
3: That's, okay. so, that's so funny, actually, because I took a gap year last year because that's when my career was also starting to get really, really serious. So I was like, okay, yeah. let me just focus on one thing at a time. And then that's what I did. But then this year, I was like, okay, let me just, I need to finish my, and get my degree. <laughs> it
4: definitely worked for you. Look at, look at where you are right
3: now. Yeah, exactly. You see, so yeah, there's a strategy there. <laughs> and, I,
0: and I think it is should be approached. Like You need that strategy to yes. start realizing things This could be something, then it's not just Mm -hmm. kind of like this thing you do while you're having a break or at night, just quick, quick. You actually have content plans and strategies and think Mm -hmm. about those couple of months ahead and who you want to work with. So, has the pandemic period had any impact on your audience growth? Because we know that more and more people just started going on TikTok when that pandemic hit. They wanted that entertainment, that edutainment. Did you see like a, a growth sprout from your side?
4: I'd say yes, because ever since it started, every, I feel like everybody just went on TikTok. Even people yeah. that weren't on TikTok, they literally just went on TikTok. So I saw that opportunity. I was like, you know what? I have to start creating more content so that, so that I can reach new people and grow.
3: I think it does help. It did help. Like er- almost every single person joined TikTok during the lockdown, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. because most people were now working from home and you know going to school at home, so they were more flex- flexible to go on their cell phones and watch TikTok videos. So that means that more of the creators, like ourselves, me and Nathan, were able to really pump them with a lot of content because now they have more time to watch content so now that people are starting to go slowly back to work and school so it makes it a little bit harder for them to spend a lot of time on the platform but we're still producing
0: now for sure i was definitely one of those people who in lockdown jumped on tiktok Mm -hmm. and you know how tiktok is you get in you're gonna go i'm just gonna quickly check for 10 minutes and then three hours later you're like oh my gosh
3: i'm still
4: here yeah
0: And another thing, I think
3: that's why it's so good um, to try and have a little bit, yes, as much as you're trying to have one niche, just try and like diversify it a little bit because as people are scrolling through your page, they get all different kinds of glimpses of content. So then they're able to stay on your account instead of just scrolling throughout other people's pages. They can just stay on your account. Just snippets, just snippets. It's kind of like refreshing every time you're like, oh, comedy, oh, this and this. Yeah, so...
0: So Greg, in your opinion, how has TikTok changed or evolved since it came out and became super popular? I know in the past it was often kind of boxed in with a lot of beauty, lifestyle and fashion brands that did really, really well on the platform. Has this at all changed?
2: Completely, yeah. So I think l- l- let's start off with how how the platform in itself changed. So initially very much uh, seen as like a teeny, bopper uh, Gen Z type platform, what we've seen is this. This growth in audiences, uh, particularly with Inside millennials, so the biggest audience growth, so it's twenty five plus. Um, and along, along, alongside that is obviously this diversification of content. You can jump on to to TikTok today and, and kind of consume any content or any any interest type is covered. So when you just look at the sectors. It expands out to all verticals. So we've collaborated with creators on on CPG type campaigns or FMCG brands, uh, retail, e-commerce, financial services, banks, insurance, you name it. it, It's all there. Um, And it's been able to deliver out and not just brand sentiment, but drive real performance as well.
0: That's amazing because what you're saying is so true. Like I go onto TikTok um, and everything that I'm kind of interested in, because obviously it's learned my behavior, I see. And then I actually look at my friends TikToks. It's completely different. And there's literally a niche for everyone. There's dirt Mm -hmm. talk, there's skin talk, there's comedy. There's just, just everything's covered, which is actually amazing.
2: I think it's twofold. The reason for that is, is first and foremost, that algorithm, that preference-based algorithm is incredible, the way it serves up content to you, specific to you and your interest type. Um, and then, like we've said, it, it kind of democratized this um, creator economy, I suppose. And, and everyone's become a, a creator to a large degree. So you're getting this content created at absolute scale and delivered out to all of its users.
0: No, for sure. So we've, you've just said we've seen this exponential growth globally, but are we seeing that translating into the South African market as well?
2: From a global perspective, it's just gone over a billion users. It's going to have similar top growth in 2022, or we'll forecast suggest. Uh, from a local standpoint, it's super competitive when you compare it up to, to Instagram in terms of uh, the number of monthly active users um, and just the amount of time spent in-app far exceeds any of its competitors
0: oh that's absolutely incredible so what kinds of campaigns are you seeing performing exceptionally well in the platform you've just mentioned quite comedic quite entertaining is that where brands mind should be when they thinking about doing tiktok campaigns
2: not at all like like i said it's, it's so diverse and we, we've seen performance from from every vertical be it cpg through to beauty fashion retail And then I touched on it, but like even financial services. So the banks are on there, even insurance providers. Um, And the craziest part is that um, it delivers out not just on on brand love and brand sentiment, but also just driving real performance in the way of actual online sales or lead generation or whatever it may be. I think there's enough content and there's enough quality content creators to align Uh, for brands to align themselves with whatever the subject matter or the vertical
0: got you so then that leads me to my next question very nicely which is what kind of metrics i'll be able to measure with tiktok campaigns
2: well fortunately now i mean uh, initially we were were reliant on it from an organic perspective but now with monetization we're able to measure all the way through to actual conversions app downloads app registrations, lead generation. So any metric, be it kind of your, if you look at your media metrics, anything from upper funnel, your kind of CPM, reach, video views, and the likes down to hardcore performance metrics, um, which is just simply incredible because now we've got the ability to kind of pair content and performance to drive uh, real business results, I suppose
1: hashtag no filter that's how this podcast is delivering real down-to-earth stories told by real people for an influencer campaign that takes brand conversation to everyday real life situations go check out the salt.co.za. they are the undisputed experts in real influencer marketing
0: that's fantastic because I know um, last time we spoke that they were thinking of starting to do this and we were reliant on organic everything. So this is actually amazing, especially for brands who really want to see how the platform performs
2: for them. Completely. I think over and above that, what it also allows is the measurability, but it also allows for brands to be specific in terms of targeting. So sure. it allows them to, to segment audiences, uh, target by location, by interest type, whatever the case may be.
0: Amazing. So speaking of brands, I'm very interested, Haley and Nathan, to know what was your first brand that you actually worked on on yeah. TikTok and how excited <laughs> were you, Nathan? Well, on
4: my side, yo, I think it was Domestos, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Domestos.
4: Yeah, it was a cleaning product. I, don't, I, I can't really recall whether it was on Instagram or on TikTok, but I remember that. That was my... First ever campaign.
0: So, what content did you do for the message What was the brief? This is very interesting.
4: Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> <to>
0: think. <laughs> it was like,
4: I, I think no, no. It was still pictures. It was still pictures. Okay. So that was for Instagram. For for so for TikTok, I can't really recall because they came. There was a lot of brands that came at the same time, so I, I can't really recall which one is the first one.
0: So is there anything that stands out in your early, early career that you worked with and you were super excited because they were the first guys that came to you?
4: Oh, yeah. I think it was when I worked with uh, Converse. That's when I oh, saw Oh,
0: nice one. Hey,
4: okay, we're getting somewhere. I like this. And yeah. what kind
0: of content did they want from you? What was the brief? It
4: was a dance video.
0: Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Showing off those, those kicks. Yep. <laughs> and on your side, Holly, can you recall the first?
3: Time? I got this, my first brand, I think when I had reached 80,000 K followers, um, that was UNICEF. So this one was very close to my heart because it was in relation to cyberbullying. So, and at that time, obviously I hadn't, I didn't have so much confidence and it was just like early stages of my content career where you were getting some of the cyber bullying. So I was able to really talk about it from the bottom of my heart because I had gone through that with some people just like being rude. Yeah. That was my first, first campaign.
0: I think it's great that you are one of your first campaigns, for cause.
3: Right. Um, Yeah. I was very, very happy about that one.
0: now that you obviously have a lot of brands approaching you to work with, how do you actually decide which brands you work with, which ones you decline? Um, Yeah, you have to be really careful
3: about which brands you attract or um, you work with. Uh, They have to be in line with your brand. So Mm -hmm. as much as the money can be great, you just have to make sure that that cause is aligned with your brand so that you're not just selling dreams and selling any and every product to your followers. They need to know that this person is authentic. They need to know that this person, we can trust their reviews. We can trust everything they talk about. Not just like, oh, every ad, she's going to be part of it, you know? <laughs> so I have been, there has been some of the campaigns with great money that I had to decline because they just were not something that I wanted to promote or something that I wanted to talk about.
4: Well, on my side, uh, I feel like a brand, I have to know the brand first. I can't just um, show my audience. I so can't experiment with them. I have to, I have to have knowledge about the brand. I can't just do it for money. And you know, yeah. So I'm that type of person. I have to know the brand. I have to give up honest review and yeah.
0: And that literally was the answer I was looking for because that shows me why you guys are where you are and that your, your audience is still loyal. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you are very much thinking long-term as well. You're not just thinking of working with every brand right now and and making all the money. But you also want your followers or your audiences to know that this is a brand you actually, you've tried it. This is what you think of it. It's not just another brand on your feed. Yep, that's true. And I think think that's the key, right, for longevity in the game. it's true. (laughs) People need that. And then on the brand brand side, Greg, how do you... How do brands actually select which creators they would want to work with or want to approach for a campaign?
2: Yeah, so I think that's a critical part of, of the success. I mean, fortunately with us, we've, we've worked with the, the leading creators um, on TikTok for almost two years now. Um, so generally just understanding what the brief is, what the objective is, and the key messaging we, we kind of identify based on what, what it lends itself to in terms of the content category and then through there, we would obviously pick up and, and understand who has the ability to, to kind of create this type of content. Um, again, similarly, it's all about testing and learning. So generally, we'd use a handful of creators. And again, all pieces of content could perform extremely well. And then on the other hand, you might have one or two pieces that stand out.
0: So then how do you guys get most of your work? Do you get it through agencies, from brands direct or influencer platforms like Webfluential?
4: Mostly I get from different agencies, but the main one is Web Influential.
3: Yes, I must say Web Fluential has been ways where I've been able to generate most of my income. Like Mm. y'all have helped me throughout this content creation journey. (laughs) I first started and I thought maybe this app or this platform was just like generated with computers or like the people that you're talking to are computers because they're so great like in responding fast they're on top of it i even had to ask at one point i was like wait am i talking to a robot or can you tell me like you know like send me an email back like if you're not a robot so then they had to be like no you're actually talking to actual people so i was like wow because y'all are so professional so i love uh web Blue
0: that you send them one of those grids to say, "Tick where all the robots are." On the <laughs> yeah, grid. yeah, I generated one for
3: I generated one for myself, and I was like, "Let's see."
0: That's <laughs> so, um, there's obviously clear benefits from being on a platform like Web Um, what would you say is like your the main benefits of of just being a creator and basically having them match you with brands when campaigns come in?
3: So you know that they're not going to rip you off when it comes to getting your money um, after you have submitted a piece of content for that specific brand. Uh, You know that they're not going to be setting you up for failure. They also obviously deal with the briefs and then they see that as something that you can also do. They're not going to ask something that you cannot do. So I think it's great that they also study the creator themselves. They they know that this person can handle this and this person will handle this brand and be able to execute it well. They're not just giving you fashion and they know I'm in comedy or they're not just giving me games and they know I can't even play any game, (laughs) electronic games, you know, that won't even be appealing to my audience. So Mm -hmm. I feel like they know the creators and they know the brands and they follow that and the jobs that they give us are in line.
4: Um, To add on on what Hal has said, for me, I feel like what I love about Web Web Influential is the fact that you have your information there. Everything is just there. And then brands just come and search for influencers. So on my side, I don't have to do anything. All I have to do is just update my prices and update my my bio there and there. Other than that, brands come to me and also add on the secured payment.
0: Great from your side, from the Web Influential side, you work a lot with the brands as well as the creators. What have you seen? What benefits give it, does it give to brands to actually go through web to identify the likes of creators like um, Holly and, and Nathan?
2: Yeah, I suppose, I mean, it's twofold. and But I think first and foremost, we've obviously got experience within the platform. So, yeah. so, so that counts for a lot. Um, and then following on from that, we have the ability to kind of identify creators that obviously meet the, the specific uh, campaign brief. Um, and at the same time, again, I think, through technology, we're able to, to scale it. So, so like I said, it's all about testing and learning. So in a simple case where we can collaborate with 10 or 15 creators, um, and manage, manage it end to end from kind of creative inception, briefing them uh, all the way through to rollout of that content and reporting where it would be pretty tedious for for any kind of brand or agency to manage that themselves so that 's the other and then again like just understanding the platform, the best practice we know what works, we know what kind of formats works given that that, that campaign objective and, and how to drive out that that performance at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I think for me, like the biggest benefits for brands are that they don't have the headache of having to do any of the negotiation, find the creators, do the reporting. I think it's very, very stressful. And they might just choose people who doesn't align with them, where on your side, Workbench already knows who would work brilliantly and just take all the pain away from managing from A to Z, which is great. So guys, I would like for any creator that's listening or budding creator... Advice can you give them if they really want to kind of go the distance on on TikTok? Um, Maybe let's start with you, Hale.
3: I would like to say that, as you know, when you go on this platform, don't go on there trying to be like this person or be this person. You know, you'll get up on there wanting maybe to do lifestyle, but it's actually not your thing or not something that you can be consistent with. So go in there, you will be confused, fumble around, you'll find your niche on the way. And then once you find your niche, Continue with that and always give what your followers want. It's very important to study your followers and give them what they want. So that's what I would say. And have fun. Most importantly, just have fun and be organic. Be a trendsetter. And yeah, spread love.
4: I feel like Harley has said it all. (laughs) She has said it all. So (laughs) to add on on what she has has said, is just have fun. Have fun. Have fun. And don't focus on the hate. Do mm-hmm. not focus on the hate. Just delete. Move away from hate and focus on your main goal. Have fun and be consistent. Yes.
0: I love that. I think there's there's a lot of trolls on the internet. We all know that. Oh, there True. is. Yeah. yeah. So just, just ignore them. Don't feed yeah. them. Just ignore. They'll go away, right? Yes.
3: They always <laughs> do. You know, you always have to also understand that... Um, behind every all these bullies there's hurt so i always just deal with them with love i will respond with love okay. and if they proceed by being personal and that's when you just continue to block them and yeah you can't just entertain that some people will want you to quarrel back and forth so yeah, yeah just deal with them with love and or block them if you don't have time to entertain
0: fantastic <laughs> uh, yeah, advice time. yes mm-hmm. yes And then, Greg, last question to you is uh, any advice to brands who's considering doing some TikTok campaigns? What should they avoid? What should they consider? What should they do? I
2: think first and foremost, what we've seen and kind of discussed it around the entertainment factor, but it really is a creator-led platform. The ways for which brands to enter into this channel is through creators. Um, Again, the idea is identify the right creators, test and learn um, and then through that, obviously, scale up. But I think lean on lean on experts. Come to us with the kind of campaign, the objective, um, and let us work together. Yeah, I think I think that's the biggest kind of learning is is you got to have quality content, and it's got to be creative content. It's got to be authentic. It's got to be fun, and it's got to be relatable to this audience.
0: Yeah, and I think to your point, it is a collaboration a between like, everyone. Everyone's on on that team and everyone's working together to to have the best and most fun and most relatable campaign at the end of the day.
2: 100% completely.
0: So guys, that's come to the end of our chat today. And I just want to thank each and every one of you for making time and just like sharing your experience and your knowledge with us. We really, really appreciate that.
4: Yeah, it was a more of a conversation.
0: Yeah, exactly, guys. Yeah. What we enjoyed you it. Strive to do good. We're glad. happy to be the
3: first. <laughs> uh, what comedians, Nathan and I, first ones to be on your platform. <laughs> Thank you,
0: creators as well. So comedians and creators. Yes. <laughs> so I think for I'll uh, uh, just like closing off. Um, maybe Holly and Nathan tell us where people can find you on TikTok if they're not already following you to just check out your work. Um, my handles are at Hallie B. Berry.
3: so it's easy to remember that. Um, yeah, just send a message, like, comment, and say where you're from. And, yeah, let's just build this beautiful
0: community.
4: Uh, my handle is at Nathan NathanMulefe across all my social media platforms. So, yeah.
0: Wonderful. And, Greg, I know you and I don't have millions of followers, but where <laughs> can they find you to learn more about you? <laughs>
2: I'm a consumer. I'm not a creator. <laughs> 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 I think the best place to find me is probably on LinkedIn, which is Greg. Maybe a lot of articles and uh, yeah, any other kind of podcasts will so get out there. Thanks, That's guys. Fantastic. Appreciate the time. Thank yeah, you. Thank you.
0: Thank, thank you, you everyone. Have a, absolutely. Have a fantastic one. And hopefully we'll chat again soon.
1: This podcast series has been made possible by The Salt the influencer company that turns influence into affluence. In the same way that information is presented in this podcast in a relatable and authentic way, The Salt gets your customers to tell their real brand stories to their community. Go to thesalt.co.za to learn more about how The Salt can help you grow your business.